0: Hello, you're listening to the Solid Word Bible Church Podcast. Whether you're at work, driving in your car, or getting your workout on, we hope and pray that what you hear today will fill your spirit. Come, join us as we walk through God's Word together. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you have brought us together again. Father, we aren't one because we come together. Father, uh, we are one already, and because of that, we come together. Father, we display and we live out our oneness. And I thank you, Father, that we can gather. And whether it be in person that we're gathering, or that we're joining in virtually, Lord, we thank you for this opportunity. I don't want it lost on the fact that we thank you that in this place where we are in this country, it is not illegal to gather. But Father, we know with our brother and sisters in other parts of the world, even though it is illegal by man's standard, it is legal by yours and thus they gather. And Father, I pray that we would draw strength from one another as we hear your word today. That those that are listening, Father, that they would draw strength as they hear your word today. But Lord, may it cause us to display what you have done to bring us together and to show the world what a people who are one under and in you can do and who they can be. Father, I pray that we would indeed journey to be that healthy church. Father, that we would journey to be that group that you have designed to live in community and that by doing so, we communicate to the world your greatness. We show the world how great you are by how well we live together. You have built us for community and for that community to be healthy. And so we pray that you would open our eyes and our hearts this morning as we look into your word in Christ's name, amen. And so if you've already turned there, 1 Thessalonians, Paul, of course, is writing to this group. Now, the Thessalonians understand this was a young church that Paul had to leave abruptly. He had not intended. It was his... It was his practice that if he planted a church, he would stay with them for a while and help them grow through its infancy and then move on. He was your classic church planter. But this was one church that he had to abruptly leave because of the persecution that came specifically upon him. And so he was highly concerned that he did not get to spend the time that he would normally spend with the young church. And he was concerned for their health and their well-being that the attacks wouldn't turn them away and the work that he had done would be seen as not fruitful. And so he writes to this group after he hears of how they had grown and how they had become more and more mature in the face of persecution and even without the kind of support that some of the other churches have had. And he was excited. And in that intro, he talks about why he was excited. He wasn't excited because he heard about their numbers, although their numbers were exciting. He didn't write because he heard about how famous or how popular they were. But listen to what he writes and what excited him as he gets into this letter to encourage this young church to be ready and stay ready, which is what, for me, Thessalonians is about. Be ready and stay ready. Look at what he says. Verse 2, we give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers. Remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. And he goes on down, of course, and he explains in even more in greater detail. But look at what he says that he remembers and it excites and what they give thanks for. Here was a church that he was praying for constantly as he prayed in general, but he says, here's what we remembered about you and what we are hearing about you, and that is your work of faith, labor of love, and steadfastness of hope. Turn with me. Keep your finger there because that's our text. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 10. And we get this whole section of this full assurance of faith before he gets into his hall of faith in chapter 11. Verse 23 is where we pick up with it. I'm sorry, verse 22, but I'm going to back up and I'm going to give him a chance in the back because I didn't give him this. Sorry about that, my brother Maurice. Chapter 10, verse 19. Therefore, brothers since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus Christ by the new i mean by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh and since we have a great priest over the house of god verse 22 let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith with a heart sprinkled clean from the evil Conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Verse 23, he mentioned faith in 22. 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And then verse 24, and let us consider how to stir up one another to loving good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. You see it mentioned again, Colossians does, and I'm not getting into that as well, but you see it mentioned here in in Hebrew. It is that faith, it is that hope that causes you to endure, and it is that love. And so Colossians, what I want to look at today, three things for us to consider where we land with this individually and corporately. Thessalonians points us to this. It says that it is a faith, it is a work born out of our faith, or it's a faith that works. It is a hope that endures, and it is a love that labors. Those are the three for us to consider when we begin to look at the health of our gathering, of us as a church. We need to ask ourselves those three questions. The Thessalonians were praised for it. They were remembered for it. This is what they were remembered for, is that the demonstration of their faith was because of their works. James spends a whole book on that, a faith that works. See, we know that you don't work for faith. But boy, I'll tell you, if you have true faith, it will work. It will show some work. Your hope or your expectation, and that word hope, we spent some time around the Advent season talking about hope, but that hope is what causes you, the ESV says, to be steadfast, but it is that word endure. Why do you hold up under pressure? It is because of a hope that you have. And then lastly, why do you labor? And that word, that whole labor of love, why labor, that that word in the Greek means to toil to exhaustion. Why do we labor? So let's unpack that. This morning, <clears throat> not going to take a whole lot of time and we'll be out of here probably sooner than we normally are, but that's okay. Let's look at what, let's look at what Paul says to this young church and let us look at ourselves as a result. He says, your work of faith, a faith that works works. What is it that your faith does? What is it that your faith accomplishes? You see, in other words, whatever you do should be a demonstration of what you believe. Whatever you have committed your life toward, whatever work that you are involved in must be born out of see there are some people that are that are trying to gain brownie points or trying to trying to alleviate their consciences by working by doing something by serving on the board by serving in a local fellowship and by doing so they think that it is going to help alleviate in their lives maybe this lack of faith, but I want to tell you it's never going to happen. You can't work enough to be comfortable or for your faith to become. you can't work enough. And there's some people that will work themselves tirelessly and think that God is well pleased only to find out there's no faith in that light. Now, that faith, first of all, that he is talking about starts off as a saving faith. In other words, you believed the gospel. You believed the good news. You believed what the scriptures said about Christ and what he came to do. And by believing, something happened. God brought you and introduced you into his family. And because of that, there was this new motivation, because out of that belief in who Jesus is and that belief in what the Scripture says, you do something. For some of us, we believe that, well, hopefully not us here, some out there, they believe that this, this, this faith, this belief in Christ, all it accomplished for me was fire insurance that I've now avoided being eternally separated from God in hell. Now I'm set. People say, I'm set. I'm not afraid to die. But there are many of us right now that are walking around that are afraid to live because we're not living out of a faith, out of a dependency, out of a trust in who God says he is. When you look at your life, can you say that your works are an example of your faith? Can you say that how you are living as a professing believer is a demonstration of true biblical faith? See, we were created for good works. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2. And after Paul tells us that our faith was by grace and through faith and that it was a gift, that our salvation by grace through faith and it was a gift, look at what he says at the end, verse 10, 4. We are His workmanship. God is making something, has made and is making. We are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. And for some of us, we stop right there. We actually put a period there. I was created in Christ Jesus. And we get all of the other cliches. I'm a king's kid. I'm blessed. My Can we finish the sentence? Created in Christ Jesus, y'all finish it for me, for good works. See, if your faith is not working, it's not true biblical faith. And he says, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And that walk in them means as we go about. It is a path that we take. Our faith puts us on a path of good works. And what are those good works? Well, you open up the scripture and you see it and you find it. Where do I do those good works? Wherever you find yourself. Because the context for this is is wherever you walk, to walk around. That's why, that's why Paul used the picture, the analogy of walking as the Christian life. He says, watch how you walk. And he's not talking about your gait. He's not talking about the way in which you put one foot in front of the other. He is talking about the way in which you go about in your daily life. And so your faith. What kind of works are being demonstrated because of the faith that you profess? And if there isn't any works there, I want to ask you, what kind of faith is really there? If your faith doesn't spark you to do something according to God's word, do you really have true faith? So, as a healthy church, it is a faith that works. A faith that works on my life. It's a faith that works within my church community, and is a, a faith that works wherever I go outside in this world. It is working because I believe I am. Because I believe I am out here with people working in this way, because I believe I'm engaged with you in a particular way, because I believe I handle my family in a particular way. I work because I believe. And I want to ask you today to put up that mirror and to say, what do my works tell me and others about my faith? Secondly, not only is there a faith that works, it is a hope that endures. Wow. <clears throat> See, that word hope, to hold up under pressure, because of the expectation, that, that word hope, expecta- it is, as I said back in December, it is not a wish. It's not hoping and wishing upon a star. It's not, oh, please, please, Lord, make it happen, but I'm not sure. When it speaks of hope, this is a sure expectation. Let me give you an example. We have the hope of Christ's return. How many of you are sitting here with fingers crossed, wondering if it's going to happen? See, no one. You know, as a believer in Christ, that one day Christ is returning. It is sure. It will happen. It is completely guaranteed. Well, because of the scriptures, it has given us the ability to have guarantees in life so that when I am faced with all that this evil world throws at me, I don't collapse. That's a hope that endures. And see, it can happen. It can be your, it can be financial, career, educational, health, you name it. You're going to catch it in some area at some point in your life. And if your hope is not in the right place, or let me clarify, in the right person, you may collapse. You may say, I'm done, I'm out. I didn't sign up for this. I can't handle this." Why? Because your expectation is not sure enough, is not guaranteed enough that you can hold up under your current pressure. And what he's saying to you and I is that you sure can. Not only does your faith work, I mean, faith calls you to work your hope causes you to endure. What is it that you are almost about to give up on that you need to go back and to check your hope? Check it. What am I, are there any guarantees because of Scripture that will cause me to stand in my current trial? regardless of what's happening to me. See, I think of of the three Hebrew boys when I think of this because what gets me with them is this hope they had in the God they served. And their hope wasn't that he was going to deliver them because their comments tell them that they were told to bow to another or to pay allegiance to another other than the God that they knew. And they were like, not going to happen. And so then they said, okay, then we're going to throw you in the fire. For some of us, we would be like, oh, oh, oh okay, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, a minute, wait, wait, wait. Can we talk that again? You, you, you mean like, 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 can I sort of bow? Can I cave in just a little? Can I kind of bow outside of the public eye? Because I'm not trying to die. No, look at their response. They said, look, we will, it was emphatic, we will not bow. Here's what I love. They said, whether our God delivers us or not, here's what they were saying, whether we get our desired in, because they weren't wanting to die. And who on earth wants to die by being burned up? As a matter of fact, we know how hot it was because the, the 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 dudes that threw them in died throwing them in. That's how hot it was. You ever got close to a fire at time that was so hot that you, you were like, you get close enough and you're like, okay, I'm good. How about You go to throw someone else in and it consumes you. But look what they said. Even if our God does not deliver, he is still God. What they were saying, it doesn't matter if we get our desired outcome. We still believe and have a guarantee of who this God is. And for some of us, hey, you may not get your desired outcome. Maybe you don't get that job. Maybe you don't get that, you fill in the blanks. Maybe I don't get the health that I really want. Maybe I have to endure something that I was not trying to. Maybe I'm trying to repair this relationship and it doesn't happen. See, we need to to rid ourselves of this brand of Christianity that's like a Disney movie. It all comes out nice and happy in the end of this little story right here. You know, it's going to work out for your happiness. Let me help some of us out. It may be struggle all the way to your death. But you will say it does not matter. Why? Because God is still God. Well, well, he didn't he didn't heal you. Oh, he will. He didn't come to your rescue. Oh, yes, he did. See, you miss it. He didn't come in this scenario like I would have liked him to, but the rescue was for my soul, and so even if I lose my life here, I'm good. See, the issue becomes when all of what we have is here, we're in trouble. If your anchor for your life is here in this earthly life, in this realm, in this temporary existence, because this is temporary, every one of us know this this is going to end for us one day in some way. I don't mean to be morbid, but it is. There's no one in this room that is expecting to live forever in this form. Oh, I'm expecting to live forever, just not in this form. But understand this is that if your anchor is not somewhere other than this temporary world, it will be upended. Your anchor will come out. It can't hold in anything here. But if your life is anchored in eternity, it can hold you through anything here. Period. A hope that endures. Why do people quit and walk away from Christ? Because their hope was not in Christ. It was in what Christ could give them. It was in what Christ could do for them. It was in what Christ could produce, but it wasn't in him. Because he provides the guarantees. And if you have a faith that believes that and brings about works in your life, it will have a hope that causes you to hold up under anything. I know that's not the exciting preaching that many want to hear at times, but I'm going to tell you that is exciting. So not only do we have a faith that works, a hope that endures, Lastly, we have a labor, we have a love that labors. I I, I, I sort of understand, but I see a lot of comments today That boy, on social media. If they don't, if, if, if your friends don't do you like this, get rid of them. If, if, if... They're not for you like this say bye if I, I, I'm like is anyone laboring anymore Is there any working or nah you know what <laughs> you don't make me laugh like I want you out of my life you kind of hurt me once you out of my life and again I'm not saying that you tolerate abuse we're not going there with that that's not healthy either but look at what we're talking about love labors. Parents that are in here love labors. Mothers love labors. Friends love labors. Married folk love labors. See, the issue is when you have true love you are willing to work yourself to exhaustion because of it. And when you think that it's unfair, we talked about that last week, this whole thing of fairness, when you think it is unfair, your hope kicks in because it causes you to endure the unfairness. And your faith kicks in because you still work because of what you believe, not because of that person who you are laboring for that's in front of you that doesn't appreciate it. See, the issue becomes you see the totality of the Christian in this faith, hope, and love. So this love that endures. I'm sorry, this, this love that labors. Ask yourself this question. Am I laboring because of love or because of something else? Let's go into some of the something else that sometimes that we labor for. I labor because I want a favor in return later. I labor because I want to be set up for something in the future. I labor so I could be seen. Or here, I labor because I want to feel better about myself. See, God said, those may be good in our society, but that's not a good measure of love according to the, I mean, a good, a, a good reason to labor according to the scriptures. He says, your labor must be born out of your love. And it, that seems general. Love where? Love for God. And thus, that gives you a love for others. You must have that love for God first. You and I don't know how to love if we don't look at God. We don't. We come up short. And so he says to you and I, look at how I loved you unconditionally And then it will give you how you love others. Once again, it does not mean that you give people everything they want. How many of you that have had loving parents remember those times when that love hurt? Not them, you. I remember some of the time that that love hurt me. And I remember some of the times that because I loved, it hurt. But, but, but you know, sometimes the dispensing of pain or the dispensing of restrictions from my parents came because I knew they loved me greatly. Love is, the, and please, once again, Disney, love is not the feel-good thing all the time. Sometimes love will cause you to say emphatically no. Sometimes... Love will cause you to say not today, not here. Sometimes love will cause you to say no, you can't have this from me. Because you realize what will happen as a result. So this labor of I mean, this 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 labor that is born out of love it is why do we work why do we serve why do i even why do i volunteer and do things in the local fellowship well these people just don't appreciate me understand that but if you are laboring for appreciation i guarantee you you're going to get tired of it at some point in time because people don't appreciate other people we take advantage of one another in our sin And if you are working for appreciation, let me help you out. It's going to get old. If you are laboring for attention, it's going to get old. But if you are laboring because you love God and because you love God, I love these people around me, even if they get on my last nerve, because I love them, I labor. And that's what God wants from us. And that only happens as the spirit of God is at work in our lives. That's why we get into the scripture, because when we don't feel like it, we still do it. We do that in so many other areas of our life. Why do we stop when it comes to the scriptures? How many of y'all felt like going to work every day this week? But you win. Now, you had greater reason. There's a paycheck at the end of that, but you still went. You didn't use a sick day. How many of you, as you were as you were educating yourself and preparing yourself, finished projects whether you felt like it or not? How many of you saved money or budgeted whether you felt like it? You know, the issue is many times we do things even when we don't feel like it because we know it's the right thing. Can we translate that to our lives as believers? I do it because the scripture commands it. I do it because I know it's right. Boy, it doesn't feel good. I know it does it. But I'm working because I've got an increasing faith. For I'm enduring because my hope is in Christ. And man, I am working myself tirelessly because I love God and he gives me a love for others. Please put up the mirror for yourself and ask yourself individually, but let's ask ourselves collectively. Does this reflect who we are as a fellowship? Are we healthy? Does this divine trilogy represent itself or is displayed among us? And at what measure? As we see it in increasing measure, we can continue to say that we are a growing, healthy church. Please just don't equate health with numbers. The drug dealer may have millions of dollars in his or her bank account but I would not call that healthy living. You may only have 100 and may be doing things in a healthy manner, but that's just where you are right now. becomes, let's make sure that our standards are based on what God has given. A faith that works, a hope that endures, and a love that labors. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much that you have given us this opportunity, Lord, to see ourselves. You've given us the standard for healthy living, a healthy life, a healthy fellowship, a healthy community. And I pray, God, that you would help us to look intently and to look realistically at ourselves in the mirror of your word. and to see where our lives are and how we are reflecting who you are. Father, help us and remind us that our faith must produce good works for that's what you've created us to do. Help us to remember, Father, that our hope causes us to hold up under the pressure because we live with the guarantee that you will deliver and that we will ultimately be with you and you will not leave us alone. You have promised. It is a secure hope. And Father, even when we feel alone, we are not alone. Father, I pray also that our labor are working ourselves tirelessly will be because we love you dearly, not because we are looking for some temporary reward, even though we can and may be rewarded in this temporary life. That's fine. We labor because we love you. And because we love you, Father, pray, help us to see, because we love you, we love those that you've placed around us with a love that is unconditional. Help us to learn what that means. Help us not to be enablers, but to truly love people looking out for their benefit and their well-being, even if it means being tough. Father, I pray that we would demonstrate who you are in fullness. Give us the energy by your Holy Spirit to live this way because it's the only way that we can do it. And for those that don't know you, I pray God that they would realize that God seeking everything in just this temporal world will leave them wanting more all the time. But to live in you and for you will bring the satisfaction that we were made for. Help us to reflect on our own lives and to be honest with what we see and to come to you to help us as we move forward. Father, help us as a fellowship and as a church, Lord, that we would be healthy, that we would continue to grow and move forward. You've been listening to the Solid Word Bible Church podcast, and we trust that you've been blessed. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit our website at solidword.org. Thank you for joining us today, and we'll see you next week. We ask you this in the name of Jesus. Amen.